Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Hi everyone, I just want to take a quick second and introduce today's episode. We pick up today's episode right where we left off last week, and Rachel shares part two of this journey, talking about how nutrition and exercise have played an important role in maintaining her remission, how she's learned to retrain her gut to eat many of the foods she couldn't tolerate with Crohn's, and how she's learned to manage flares and symptoms that still arise, even being on medications and taking care of herself. We talk about balancing life and health and how important our IBD community is for those of us with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. So without further delay, here's part two of my conversation with Rachel Eplin-Rinker. So you are doing really well now. You're thriving, yes. definitely in remission. Yes. And a big part of that is, I think, how you watch your diet now. You continue to do that and a lot of that with your fitness. So yeah. have you always... Tell me a little bit about that part of your journey and have you always been into fitness or is this something you picked up after you truly got into remission? No, I actually started running whenever I was five. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was a, um, I was a very um, hyperactive child. Uh, a lot of energy. Um, I actually came from a family of runners. My, my dad still runs. Um, my mom was a runner whenever I was a kid. My brother was a runner. Um, and I had a, just a lot of energy. And and my dad, you know, was like, all right, we need to channel this. And uh, so I started running with him. And I grew up, you know, doing all the local 5K races, you know, and all that fun stuff mm -hmm. and track and cross country. And um, I actually started um, weightlifting uh, whenever I was 14. Uh, we didn't wow. actually, we didn't have cross country yet in my high school. And, uh, but there was like a little bitty weight room <laughs> that we had. I, I went to a small, uh -huh. a very small school and it was really only the football players that were allowed to use it. But my, my brother, he was not a football player, but he, um, he liked to lift and, and he said, you know, Rachel, you can't just do nothing, you know, like, like during this, you you know, so why don't you come lifting with me? And I was like, okay, you know, I'm 14 years old. I had no idea. And, uh, the coach in there, he looked at me and he just goes, are you just here to stare at the boys? Or are you actually going to work? <laughs> <laughs> and, and my, my brother, both, no. <laughs> yeah, my, my brother was friends, you know, with all of the guys in there. And I go, I see these guys every weekend. I don't care about them. I'm here to work. <laughs> <laughs> and he handed me a plan and, you know, and it was one of those, um, very early bodybuilding plans, you know, where it was three sets of 10 on everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And I, I fell in love. I, I just, I loved the lifting. I loved getting stronger. Um, my, my running improved, you know, very greatly. And, uh, running, I always say it's, it's my true love, you know, um, workout. It's something that I will probably never stop. Um, I take breaks with it. I don't go nearly as far as what I did. You know, I used to do six to 10 miles, you know, like every day, but I'm, I'm like, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> it hurts too bad. So, um, 
you know, I, I still do run probably five to six days a week, but, um, bodybuilding has really, um, is really dominant, you know, in my life. I'm hooked up with an amazing coach. Um, I, you know, I actually have my home gym and we actually talked about this on Instagram. Um, you asked, mm -hmm. do you go to the gym or do you stay at home? Mm -hmm. And I built up a home gym because, and all these, you know, all, all the fellow workout cronies will understand whenever you're twisting your body, jumping, moving your body. Um, you cannot be held responsible for what happens. <laughs> exactly. And I, oh yeah, I mean, accidents, gas, you know, you can mm -hmm. imagine it happens. Yep. Especially maybe if you don't Better eat. to do it at home. <laughs> Better, always do it at home. And, and there's never a close bathroom. In, in those gyms. Yes. <laughs> and so I built, there up, is. <laughs> I, I built up my home gym and, and that's where I am and I love it. And, um, I, I do it every day. And, uh, um, uh, my GI doctor, she knows exactly what workouts I do. And, um, they're all very approved by her. Um, it's because, and I think, you know, with, with the research, um, it's going, it's like the, the more active you can be, um, the healthier you will be. And therefore, you know, you'll feel better. Your, your, your Crohn's will hopefully, uh, stay away, you know, for the most part. Um, so, and, and that's been my experience and I just, I absolutely love it. And I will probably, I will never stop. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Now, do you focus on different intensities? Do you, because you hit the weights pretty hard yeah. and running is definitely hard. Are you pretty intense with your workouts or do you kind of let your body <laughs> guide you? Uh, I'm intense and I, mm -hmm. I keep thinking with, you know, with the older that I am, um, I'm like, boy, that pain wasn't there two years ago. Where'd that come from? <laughs> and, my knee is you know, cracking now. And I'll tell my coach that and she'll be like, slack off just a little, please. <laughs> I, and so I do, um, you know, if I'm not feeling it or if I'm not feeling well, or, you know, if I'm sore, then, you know, I'm trying to stretch more. I'm watching all your yoga stuff and I'm like, would love to do a handstand <laughs> like that. But, oh, I just, to get up to that, it's just, it's bores me to death. <laughs> <laughs> I think just having more of an energetic, you know, personality where like whenever I try to do yeah. yoga, I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. I'd rather jump. I'm going in too many different places. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm getting better as I get older, but, um, like, and, and actually how I will, uh, with the bodybuilding, there are some weeks, you know, where you, um, go as heavy as you can for as, for lesser reps. And then you'll have weeks where you'll lighten the load and maybe just do mm -hmm. some more reps. And I found, you know, kind of going back and forth between the two of those, um, doing different kinds of cardio, maybe not cardio every day. Um, that, that is really, that has really, really helped me. And, um, mm -hmm. and again, it just, it just, it makes me feel so healthy and, and, you know, like, like you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely gives that feeling. Yeah. How did you manage the working out through your pregnancies? Did you dial that back a little bit? Well, and with, uh, yeah, with, with cervical issues. Um, so whenever I got pregnant with the twins, I think the most I ever did was walk. Um, mm -hmm. 
probably because I wasn't feeling great. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that's why I did was walk. And then with Nathan, um, with cervical issues, it, it depends on the person, you know, of course, because some people are fine to work out and, and others are not that, that it will, um, shorten your cervix, that it will open, you know, dilate you. And with me, it, it definitely dilated me. Um, if I did any mm -hmm. sort of, um, of intense workout or did anything other than walk. So with Nathan, I actually, I didn't do anything, um, with him, um, just being too scared, you know, to, to do anything, mm -hmm. um, with Michael, before I even knew that I was pregnant with him, that was whenever I started to really get into bodybuilding and, you know, hit workouts and stuff. And so, um, throughout my whole first trimester, um, that's what I was doing. And, mm -hmm. and I was fine. And then, um, after that though, I did prenatal yoga. Um, mm -hmm. I walked just, I, I had a, I had a two-year-old, you know, of course I, I was still, you know, active. <laughs> yeah. active. Yeah. I mean, I was active. I was trying to, to sit down as much as I could, but I mean, I had a two-year-old who was, you know, also very <laughs> energetic two-year-old. And so just keeping up with him and I did, um, still lift it was only five pound dumbbells, but, um, I was like, I, you know, I wanted to maintain some sort of strength, but I, re uh -huh. I remember at 32 weeks pregnant with Michael, um, they checked me for dilation and, and they said, what kind of exercise are you doing? And I said, you know, well, keeping up with a two-year-old, um, yoga and, and lifting five pound weights. And they just go, okay, you need to stop. They said, because you, you are starting to dilate a little bit, you are starting to shorten a little bit. So we just need you to stop. And whenever I stopped, everything, you know, stayed fine. So unfortunately uh, I, I was not a, a fit pregnancy, um, person mm -hmm. and you know, it is what it is. And, and, yeah. you know, I would just say that if you can't be, especially if, if you're not feeling well because of Crohn's or you know, any issues with that. Um, there is life after pregnancy and you can, um, go back to fitness and, yeah. and, and pick up right where you left off. So it's, it's not, you know, you haven't failed in any way. Mm -hmm. And you really did because you did a bodybuilding competition. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was that after, um, after, after Michael, Michael? Yeah. After yeah. That was probably, what was he, was he about two? I think, um, I think I started training. Yeah. I started training for it right before he turned to, I did like a t 13 week prep. I think, mm -hmm. um, that was something, you know, it's something on my bucket, on my bucket list that I always wanted to do. Um, since I mm -hmm. loved bodybuilding so much, I had no idea what it all entailed. I, the spray tan was the worst, you know, if anybody, <laughs> oh my goodness, I was orange for like two weeks. It was embarrassing, but, um, everything that goes into it, you know, the, the posing and the holding of the poses. And, uh, I, I loved my suit, but you know, like you're, you're literally glued, you know, into that suit, you yeah. know, and you're hoping it doesn't come loose. And, um, you know, and, and, <laughs> having somebody, you know, judge your body, you know, which, which didn't bother me. Um, I actually really enjoyed it because I, you know, I was like, what can I work on? What can I be better at? And, um, you know, trying to look a certain way, it was, it was a wonderful challenge. It's an intense sport. Very, very intense sport. Yeah. And, and I enjoyed it. And you know what? I, I would do more of them, but 
I just cannot get on board with the posing. <laughs> it just <laughs> it just feels very unnatural to me. <laughs> like I Well, because they are unnatural poses. <laughs> very unnatural poses and and I guess and and but also you, you know what I what I found out um and and this this was the Crohn's and stuff talking the diet to to do one of those um it is a very bland diet and and so it's it, that didn't bother me but it was uh you're starving you, you're really starving yeah. and and you're pushing your body you know as far as you can and that's okay you know for a healthy person because it's it's temporary it's this is not what yeah. you do you know for life but for me it just it resulted in more abdominal pain gas bloating um more bouts of diarrhea and i was just like nah -uh. nah -uh. not for me mm -hmm. not for me um as long as i can bodybuild eat the way that i want to eat look the way that i want to look i'm great and and i don't need yeah. a judge and you gotta check it off you already checked it off Ex the bucket and list. it's done <laughs> i i always said i i do not want to be 90 wishing that i had done a bodybuilding competition <laughs> <laughs> Although you could do one at 90. <laughs> well, then might I would make the, the news. Might be the only one in the age group, but. <laughs> then I would win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so before we leave the topic of fitness, how do you balance, because you mentioned even on Remicade, you, you still had some kind of mini flares, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, do you still get those? And how do you balance the a mini flare or just maybe minor symptoms with being physically fit and working out <laughs> um i that's that's whenever i do make myself do the yoga you know and just and be and be still um and i had uh i had a pretty pretty bad flare um it was a little more than a year ago it was last year um and it took it took a long time to get through it uh and during that time i just you know i slacked off i i did not you know twist you know like my my midsection um if something hurt i stopped if i was tired i you know i would stop and it was just a lot of stretching a lot of lighter weights and uh <laughs> and actually during um that flare i remember one day i i was feeling all right and and i really felt like running and so i went out running mm -hmm. and i just stay in my neighborhood but i have a great um three mile um mm -hmm. track that i that i do here route that i do here in my neighborhood and of course i was the farthest away that i could get from my house and i was like uh oh <laughs> i had never run so fast in my life <laughs> which of course makes it worse because you're twisting yeah. yourself and so i'm stopping all that jostling oh my goodness and that. i could only think <laughs> please nobody else be out because you know you're stopping and you're just standing there trying to collect yourself that has happened to me a lot uh which, so i i have vowed you know maybe no running whenever you um are having bouts of diarrhea or not feeling well because that is the yeah. worst or just get a treadmill and put it right outside the bathroom i i did do i there have yes <laughs> I, I did have a treadmill and there have been many times like i said i only work out at home because i have a bathroom in my gym 
and you would hop off the treadmill and you would go. And then if you felt all right, you would get right back on. <laughs> and it kind of helps the stress too. It makes for a nice workout because you're not worried the whole time about, yes, can I use this equipment? It's this yes. far away from the bathroom. Can I do this or not? Or <laughs> and, so. and you know, and this is another thing to, for me, especially to think about, um, because you know, I'm on the Remicade and, uh, and Humira is kind of the same. It's a biologic and it, it lessens your immune system. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, at the gym, you, you hear the horror stories about, you know, how germy it is and how, you know, disgusting it is. And I have learned in my experience, you know, that I, that I need to stay away, you know, as, as mm -hmm. much as I can, um, from that kind of thing, you know, like I try not to touch railings, you know, on like really busy places or, or, uh, whenever I'm out with my kids, um, at, you know, a trampoline park, I don't jump in the ball pit, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and yep. so that, that also, you know, that also does bring a lot of peace of mind. Yeah. That I'm not stressing out about, you know, will I get sick? Will I not get sick? Stuff like that. So what are some of the other things you do? Just kind of talking about flares and fitness, but what are some of the other things that you do when you have some of those symptoms to help alleviate or to let your body calm down? What tips do you have for managing a mini flare or just minor symptoms or a big flare? Well, and this was probably during the last one um, that I had, I, I did a lot of laying around, um, which is <laughs> which is really hard to do, by the way, with, with two kids. Um, <laughs> I, I go back to eating in a very bland, such a boring, you know, way, way to be, you know, plain chicken, and rice. chicken <laughs> right? What is it? Is that the, the brat diet? I went on that, you know, forever ago. Is it bananas, applesauce, uh, rice, oh, I went out of order. bananas, rice, applesauce, toast. I don't know if you've ever been on mm -hmm. that one before. I've. I've uh, not purposely, but I've been so sick that my diet has dialed down to those things. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. Just plain white toast. Yeah. Kind of just subconsciously, I guess, in a way, uh, you just start when you're feeling so bad, you gravitate towards those foods. Yeah. I think naturally. You you really do. And, and no, um, you know, not a lot of seasoning, you know, like absolutely nothing spicy. Um you know, lay off kind of the condiments and, and the fats and stuff like that. Um, so I'll eat like that just for a bit, but you know, I, I think, um, with me being so stable on the Remicade, I, I do tend to kind of get out of, um, a flare, maybe a little bit easier than, than someone else. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm lucky in, in that way, but, um, it's hard. And especially I was talking about with my kids, um, the last one that I had, I would lay you know, on the couch and they would be like, mom, what are you doing? You know, are, are you sick? And, and oh. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with, um, explaining it to them to not scare them, you know, and, and they mm -hmm. know that I have Crohn's and they know that, you know, it has to do with my gut, um, and stuff like that. And they know that, that I don't eat certain things because it will irritate me. Um, and they know mm -hmm. that, but I don't think that they, they actually get it yet, but, um, well, and they're so young. That's kind of hard to, if you were to explain the full gravity of it, I'm not sure they're, they're so little, 
you know, they, it's hard enough for an adult to understand exactly. what it they, is. They, they would be terrified. They would be like, oh my gosh, you know, like mom is sick. But um, it is kind of funny though, especially my oldest, he, he knows what a colonoscopy prep is. He's seen me do it so many times <laughs> that he's like, okay, don't bother mom for a few hours. <laughs> she'll be in that side of the house <laughs> and and also you know the the good part um if somebody is worried about um you know them having crohn's or or if their husband has crohn's and if they have children um i think the likelihood it it is so low um to actually pass it mm -hmm. on um, because I know that I was really worried about that. And my GI doctor was like, um, I, I don't want to give a percentage that I'm not completely sure, but um, it's it's a slim chance. I, I know that it can be passed down um, through through generations, but she was like, you know, don't worry about that. And And the good part is, is that if you think that your child is having symptoms of it, you'll know what to do. And, and they won't have, you know, hopefully a, a, a bad experience or a prolonged, you know, experience like, like I had, like we had. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. And it's so multifactorial. It's not just genetic. No. It's not it's, fully genetic because there's people like my family, nobody has it. And, and then there's families where multiple people have it. It's just one piece like any right. other chronic illness or whatever it may be, that there's so much that goes from your environment and everything else that plays into it. It's, it's just, I think we just don't know yet. No, I, yeah, we, we, we don't know. And, and why is it so prevalent, you know, in, in first world countries, you know, and not prevalent, um, you know, in, in poorer countries, it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's baffling and, um, they, they don't know. The only other person in my family that had it was my great uncle. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. yeah, uh, he and who knew? <laughs> yeah, and and so what they're what they said they were like that's way too far removed. You know, this we don't treat you like like a genetic. It was my it was my mom's uncle, and she said what she always remembered about him. Um, he was very tall, very thin, um, because you know he didn't have like a, a Remicade drug. I think that only he took prednisone. And she said that she just remembers whenever she would see him, that he would be in the bathroom multiple times a day <laughs> and, Aww. and, you know, and, and didn't really eat much, but, um, you know, this was back in the, you know, sixties and stuff, um, whenever yeah. he was, whenever he was suffering, but he, he lived a very long life, you know, and, and I, I don't know, you know, but, um, we, they suspect that he had Crohn's, um, he didn't talk about it. So that's all I know about him. Especially being a man and uh, yeah. they don't talk no. about, most men don't no. talk about this, even even less than the women. No, because <laughs> it's an embarrassing disease, but it does give you a really wicked sense of humor. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, you said your, uh, your boys and your husband have uh, <laughs> oh, gotten used I get, to I get blamed for everything. <laughs> I like to, uh, I'll joke with my husband when he, when he eats something bad, I'm like, oh, are you experiencing Crohn's? <laughs> That's what I always say too. Or if, or if my husband's just like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. And I go, oh, poor baby. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, exactly. no one can throw this up in my face. <laughs> How funny.
<laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about food and and before we do that, I'll just kind of share because as you were talking about the bland diet that you were mm-hmm. eating, just like bananas, and rice and things yeah. like that, I had totally forgotten until you just mentioned it a second ago, but it popped into my head. There was one time I was so sick and I didn't know what to do and I just kind of threw my hands up and I literally, I went to the store and I bought tons of baby food. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to eat baby food. <laughs> How did that work out? It wasn't very good. I think I did it for a day or two. And then, and then I was like, what am I going to do with all this baby food? So I took it to a, I went to the food bank. Okay. Well, off. some, yeah, there's something good came out of it. Okay. I, I have never thought about eating baby food before, but it makes complete sense. <laughs> I figured it's already, it's cooked, it's blended up, it's, it's easy to digest. Yep. Oh my goodness. That is so funny. The, the things that us so, cronies have had to go through, I swear. I know. And just the different tracks that our minds go down because when you're just so, you're stuck and desperate. Yeah, you're desperate. Like, I'll, I'll do it. And say, so you had a pretty bland diet mm-hmm. uh, when you kind of went through your pregnancies mm-hmm. or when you go through flare, but you have a pretty wide variety now. So talk to me a little bit about that journey, how you've kind of expanded your diet, what you do now and how you find relief yeah. what you eat. And and you know what, what I found fascinating? What I find fascinating about Crohn's or an ulcerative colitis, IBD, um, is that we are all so different and we can all tolerate different foods. What what works, like I know that you love butter. And if if mm-hmm. I were to eat a, a large amount of butter, I, I would be doubled over. You know, it's, it's just, it's how my disease reacts. Um, but then I... Um, I can do vegetables and, and, and you can't, I just, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I find that, over. <laughs> yeah, I, I find that fascinating. I just love it. But, um, so I do too. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the bland diet, I, I love to cook, you know, that's, I've, I love to cook. I love like new recipes and I was like, okay, th- this is not, I cannot live like this for the rest of my life, you know, just doing this. And I know mm. that my husband could not live like this, you know, for the rest of his life. <laughs> And so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm just going to see if I can retrain myself because this was after, um, you know, I'd been on Remicade and I'd been stable and I said, okay, let me just try some things. And I love vegetables. I, my dad had had a garden, um, you know, for as long as I can remember, I grew up on vegetables. We always had a vegetable, you know, and, and fruit and stuff like that. And I was like, I really miss it. And so I would start with like, um, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, radishes, lettuce, all, all of the, all of the good things. And I would do very small amounts like every day and see how I would react. And at first it wasn't good, but I was like, well, you know, I, I'm going to keep going because I, I just could not imagine a life without asparagus and salad. <laughs> and and I, I that sounds kind of pathetic, but um I, I it just does not. <laughs> as as someone who I enjoy those things, but I haven't eaten them, right. but I do actually miss them. So I kind of I understand what you're saying yeah. of a life without vegetables sounds sad. <laughs> I know. I, I know and I mean, to maybe some people, a, a life of just 
white bread and rice sounds wonderful, but to me, uh-uh, no, I don't like that. <laughs> so how much would you eat every day during this retraining process? Was it like a bite or a No, bites? it was more than that. It was probably um, a very small side you know, of it and, um, you know, eat whatever I wanted of it and then get rid of the rest. Um, and, you know, I, I would notice like asparagus is great. Um, that one sits completely perfect with me. Um, radishes are good. Um, broccoli and cauliflower, eh, you know, kind of mm -hmm. hit and miss. So it's not, it's not that all vegetables agree with me, but it's just that, you know, I can eat some in small amounts and be perfectly fine. Um, mm -hmm. and, and other ones like tomatoes, I'm going to eat tomatoes no matter what, <laughs> you know, especially homegrown <laughs> tomatoes. And I'm just going to take um, the consequences, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but the, the ones that absolutely do not agree with me, no matter how hard I have tried mushrooms, um, mm -hmm. those are a disaster every time. Um, spinach, I cannot mm -hmm. do spinach. And arugula, which is weird um, because other lettuces like butter lettuce and red leaf lettuce are fine. But arugula is not. And butter lettuce, I I actually tried that for a while because it's known to be a lot more tender, a lot easier That's, to digest. I was and, just getting ready to say, I think because it's a softer lettuce, whereas arugula and spinach are more hard. Um, large amounts of bok choy, you know, are bad. Uh, but, you know, um, for for the most part, though, I, I I do tolerate other vegetables. And what I did, I would just consistently eat them every day, retrain myself until I got to the point where it was like, oh, I can eat this. I enjoy it. I don't hurt, you know? And it took, gosh, that process probably took a few years. Um, Did it? Yeah. Just being really, really consistent, but I was determined to eat my vegetables. <laughs> yeah. You're giving me hope because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so if I can have like a green bean. <laughs> right. Oh, green beans. That, that's another one of my best friends. Yeah. Green beans and asparagus are the two that I do very well with. Yeah. So the next time my husband makes asparagus, I'm going to eat one. Eat one and see how you feel. And if it comes back out. <laughs> I think uh, I think the limiting, that's what is the hard part for me because I love food. Uh -huh. I really love food yeah. so much. And so I'll eat like an asparagus. It's like, oh, it's so good. Let me eat. Just, right. You know, let me eat more. I know. And and I've been there, you know, because there's nothing like air fried broccoli. It's just, or Brussels sprouts. I mean, they're mm. just wonderful. And you can pop them in because I think they're just so savory, you know, and they, you know, satisfy. Mm -hmm. And huh, no, <laughs> I have to, I have to <laughs> just I'll come back with that one. And, and I, I'm going to have to cook one Brussels sprout at a time. <laughs> That's how I can do it. May, maybe two. Maybe two. And then maybe cut them in two. half and then you think you're getting four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know how you do with fruit, but um, I also had to do the- I do better with fruit. Yeah. I, you know, I found um, blue, the berries. You know, berries are, mm -hmm. are good. Um, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries. But again, I, I don't eat a, a very large quantity of them because they're, you know, they have a lot of fiber, but, um, I do love the berries, but the, the fruit that I 
absolutely cannot tolerate are like the harder fruits, like um, apples, um, pears. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the same with you, but if I eat an apple, applesauce is okay because that's cooked down, but um, a raw apple yeah. or pear or cantaloupe, um, any sort of melon really, it, it's, it, it is pain. And I think because I don't know if it's the hardness of it or the fiber or, or what, but um, gosh, I haven't eaten an apple in so long and I miss them. That's interesting because melons are one thing that I, I would actually do okay. Wow. Like I could eat a cantaloupe or I could eat a melon oh, and, and I'd be okay. I'm, I'm jealous so of strange. that. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, I just, I cannot do it. I just can't. And yeah, I'm jealous of the broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take my broccoli. Yeah. But, and, and again, that was like, I didn't just eat, you know, like a couple pieces of apple, realize that it was pain. And then I stopped. I, I tried to do it over and over again. And until I realized, okay, this isn't getting better, you know, whereas with the, with the broccoli, asparagus, green beans, it did get better, you know, to where I could mm -hmm. um, tolerate it. But I, sometimes you just have to give up. And the same with, with legumes, um, lent, lentils, oh, mm. no, no, forget about it. And even, uh, you know, my biggest culprit, um, was peanuts and peanut butter because, I had never, you know, peanuts are a legume too. And I would eat peanut butter, which I love. And um, I, I would yeah. just feel, yeah, yeah exactly. Butter. I would just feel horrible. But I did switch to almond butter and with the ingredients of nothing but almonds and salt. And I tolerate that perfectly. So oh, wow. I just had to replace one addiction with, with another addiction. So mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, and... Yeah, I just curse Crohn's, you know, whenever whenever that stuff happens. <laughs> I do too. And how do you do with sugars, with desserts and sweet things? Oh, that's one thing I will never give up in life. <laughs> <laughs> I I know that you have, and I don't know how you do it. <laughs> For me, I had to do all or nothing. Like if I, because I know you can moderate a little right. bit. I can't. I can't tell myself I'd be okay if I had like. A cookie. I I think my Crohn's could but no one stops a at cookie. one cookie. <laughs> I certainly don't. <laughs> so I don't. I'm a little bit. Uh, I I don't have that control. I think I have a bit of a food addiction. <laughs> well, <problem>. and <laughs> and you know what I kind of did. I mean, I I still do eat like bakery sweets. You know, like if I would go to a really great mm. um, local bakery to where I know that they're making things in house. Um, you know, from great ingredients, I, I do okay with that. But with like the store-bought stuff, you know, you, you don't know what's in that. You don't know how long it's been made. Mm -hmm. I do not tolerate that at all. Um, we, mm -hmm. you know, our, the, the Blues, you know, won the Stanley Cup and uh, we're big Blues fans. And mm -hmm. my kids in the store, you know, those big cookie cakes that they sell with the icing oh, yeah. and stuff? They were selling, you know, like blues cookie cakes. And of course my kids were like, oh my gosh, we still want one. And I, this was during the first round of playoffs. And I said, okay, if they win the Stanley cup, which, you know, <laughs> I said, mm -hmm. I will get you a cookie cake, which by the way, I love those cookies. And, uh, yeah, they won. And the next day, <laughs> um, my oldest said, mom, cookie cake cookie cake. And I was like, okay, <laughs> bought it, 
had some. Oh, bad, oh. bad. Um, I don't regret it though. It tasted good. <laughs> it did taste good, exactly. but but what I found with baked goods is um, as long and I, if I make them myself <clears throat> and I can, you know, determine the ingredients, lower the the sugar, lower the fat. Um, I, I tend to do much better with that. And, but I do, I do very much limit that. Um, you know, normally mm -hmm. dessert is fruit, um, you know, something sweet like that. But, um, I do have to have my chocolate though every day. I just, I will not give that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just won't. Do you have just a little piece or? Uh, it depends on my mood. <laughs> sometimes it's a little, sometimes it's a lot, but you know, I've no I've noticed that There's you a lot of health benefits to oh, chocolate. Tons. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. And and normally, you know, if you're eating a good quality chocolate, um, I I do great with it. You know, it doesn't bother me. And I do limit though, um, you know, the ice cream, um, stuff like that. You know, of course I do because yeah. that never goes over well. But you know, honestly, if I want it. Um, and if it's, you know, a weekend or, or something special, or if I'm at, you know, a wonderful ice cream place, I'm going to eat it. And I'm just going to put up with the consequences later and know that it will pass and know, okay, well, I won't do that again for a while. <laughs> yeah. I think we've all uh, reached those points oh, of course. <laughs> before. Of course, because it's, you know, you, you have to, I, I know that, you know, with, with Crohn's, you, you do have to restrict, but I mean, that's just not fun and it's, and it's not doable. So we got to have a, got to have a vice here and there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, definitely a great advice to focus on the quality. I think that definitely makes a difference of just knowing what the ingredients mm -hmm. are and what you're eating. Yes. And I know I've got a couple of takeaways. I'm going to see if I can retrain myself to eat a, <laughs> eat a cauliflower. <laughs> Oh, that one. I would stay away from the cruciferous ones for a while until you've got asparagus no, and green beans. Like oh, I know it is so good. It is so good. Or maybe just do like a, a mashed cauliflower, you know, and and doctor it up a little bit or something, and just put a little bit there on your steak, and then it would be wonderful. Just a dab. <laughs> So as we get ready to wrap up a little bit, I want to talk about advocacy a little mm -hmm. bit. And you've been sharing parts of your IBD journey on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so what what compelled you to actually start talking about Crohn's and IBD and start sharing your story? Well, I think um, whenever, whenever I joined Instagram and I would see, you know, like the hashtag Crohn's Warrior, you know, hashtag, you know, Crohn's and Remicade, um, I, I found a community like I had never found one before. Um, because mm -hmm. I, it's like, uh, I'd had this disease for so long, but I really had never met anyone with it or had, um, uh, other experiences to compare against my own. And as I read theirs, I was like, well, oh my gosh, that's me, you know? And so it just mm -hmm. makes you that much braver because now you're a part of a community to where you have all these similarities but also, you know, big differences, you know, like within our diet and the medication and, and how we choose, you know, to handle, you know, our disease. And um, it just makes you a lot braver. It makes you not ashamed um, to have it mm -hmm. because you have all these other people that have your back. Um, and, and also, I think 
I think that as, um, as you get better, you know, to where if you would just look at somebody like me or you, you know, we, we don't look sick, you know, and, and we're not, you know, for the most part, um, I would say that I'm, that I'm, you know, in a very healthy place right now, but I also, yeah, but I also have this disease that will never go away. And, and I don't think that people, um, you know, look at it seriously whenever, whenever you are healthy or they, you know, they, they just kind of brush it off and it's like, no, you know, this is not as, this is not a disease to be brushed off. This is a disease that needs to be upfront, you know, and, and, and talked about, you know, so that way people who have, you know, the symptoms like I had, and then when undiagnosed, you know, for so many years, that maybe they can connect dots, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. and push to get, you know, that diagnosis. Do you think talking about IBD and sharing and advocating a little bit has shaped your view of Crohn's and colitis overall? Yeah, I, I think, um, it seems like the more I talk about it, um, the, the more I hear other people's stories. Um, and also Mm -hmm. I, I think about, especially, uh, young, you know, like young kids, you know, that have the disease, you know, I don't want them to grow up to be, you know, ashamed of it. And so I think the more out we are and maybe the more normalized, you know, it is and that, okay, this is a disease that you're dealing with going to the bathroom. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is a serious thing and it, and it needs to be taken seriously. And, and I don't want to be, you know, like, oh, you know, too embarrassing, can't talk about it you know, or something like that. And, um, I think that the more of us that stand up, um, you know, the, the more hopefully, you know, this disease, um, I hopefully will be cured. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if that happens in our lifetime, but, um, but, you know, in order to make that happen, it needs to be, you know, out in the open and, and people need to know about it. It definitely does. It's very important. And, and it's been, Exciting to see, even in just the short time. I mean, I've had Crohn's 13 years, and even just in that time, it's just been leaps and bounds yes. different as far Definitely. as how many people are talking about Definitely. it and, and coming out of the woodwork. So. And, and the medication, the medication part of it even, because, um, you know, some of the biologics, you know, they're relatively new. And uh, I know, I don't know the name of it, but there's um, one that is designed, um, it's an infusion, um, just for Crohn's. Uh, so, you know, so they're, they're developing more medications. They're finding, you know, new and better ones, um, to help combat this. Um, I know, you know, I, I am very lucky that I have not had, um, surgery and, and I really Mm -hmm. think that I have not had surgery because of these medications that have, you know, gained in popularity. And, um, and I've had more yeah. and more research, you know, in, in the last few years. So, um, in, in that way, I mean, it, it's kind of exciting, you know, to see this. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's, it's funny cause I've had, um, it's not really funny, but <laughs> I've had a couple of different GI doctors over the years just because of circumstance. Mm-hmm. I've, I got switched from a regular GI to a Crohn's specialist mm-hmm. and, and then he moved away, but but when I went to my Crohn's specialist and I got him about a year or so ago, but now he's moved. But I remember talking with him and telling him, like, I'm not on medications right now. And 
and you know and whatnot and he's like well he's like you'd be interested to know that there's been so much research and so many new drugs coming out there's a lot of different options now yeah. and it was just something i hadn't even heard whereas in the past it was like prednisone and that was it <laughs> which is you know like like the double drug or or you know azathioprine which didn't do anything for me um exactly yeah <laughs> i mean so and and Oh, and you know, and the other thing you, you brought up a good point. Um, you switch from a regular GI to a Crohn's specialist. That is very, very important. If, you know, if, if you have access to a GI doctor that only specializes in IBD, um, go with that doctor because mm -hmm. they, that they only look at IBD and and that that is what their specialty is. And therefore they're up to date, you know, on on you know the newest research, the newest medications um and and you know and they only deal, you know, with with people like us. And and that's what my GI doctor is and um you know, I trust her and um I think with a regular GI, you know, um, that's too much, you know, it's, it's not specialized enough. Yeah. Cause they're not looking for all those extra intestinal manifestations that crop up exactly. or what could happen and all the little nuances exactly. that come with. Uh, yes. So I have, uh, talked your ear off quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, and we've, and we've covered quite a bit. Yeah. Is there anything that I have not, that you wanted to share? Um, no, I think that we've, uh, I think that we did a pretty good job there <laughs> talking, <laughs> but you know, again, I'm just, I'm so thankful, you know, that, that we found each other and, you know, and your, and your podcast and that, you know, you're reaching people that, that, you know, that, that live all around the world. And I think that it's, it's wonderful. And I'm just so glad to be a part of this community. Oh, thank you. I'm uh, glad to be a part of this community too. We, I say it every time, but we truly have a really incredible IBD community. We do. We do. So if people want to follow you, we've, I've talked about your Instagram. I've mentioned it. Where can they find you online? It is at Rachel Fit Mom. And um, that's about all I do is Instagram, actually. <laughs> I'm, not on, I'm not on Facebook or anything. <laughs> Instagram is yes. great. So thank you so much for talking with me. I truly enjoyed it. We had a ton of great information that you shared. And I truly appreciate you opening up and sharing your story with us. Thanks for having me again. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member, that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at Crohn'sFitnessFood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Crohn'sFitnessFood or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.cronesfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.